Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Adichananda Jai Adichananda Jai Agora Bhakta Binda Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Adichananda Jai Adichananda Jai Agora Bhakta Binda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama Hare Hare Welcome, Hare Krishna. We begin with the Bhakti Ratnakar. And the Bhakti Ratnakar, a book written by Narahari, is giving us um, background information about the um, of Lord Chaitanya and his associates and uh, also in in the time following his uh, his uh, his his appearance and disappearance um, in there there is a description of the initiation of Lord Nichananda by Lakshmi Patitirtha. And it is a very. So, Lakshmi Patitirtha is the spiritual master of Madhavinda Puri. So, in there is an extensive description about an ecstatic meeting between um, Lakshmi Patitirtha and Lord Nichananda, and that Lakshmi Patitirtha. Uh, sits Nichananda on his lap and chants the Gayatri Mantra in his ear and accepts him as his disciple. So it's uh, sometimes, so that makes Nichananda by initiation even senior to Advaita Acharya. Uh, others are saying that Nichananda is a disciple of, um, of Madhavinda Puri. Well, whatever may be, um, there certainly is, there was an intimate relationship between Madhavinda Puri and Nichananda uh, described in Chaitanya Bhagavat, but we don't see anything about one being the disciple of the other. Um, they just have this ecstatic meeting where they embrace each other and crash to the ground and roll over the ground because they'd never found anyone who had an equal equal love of God up to that point. When they met each other, they recognized these, the deep love of God in, in the other, and they had just not found such people. They found religious people, they found pious people, they found all kinds of people, but who, who had deep, deep love of God? Um, the disciple of Swarapuri, uh, uh, the spiritual master of Lord Chaitanya. So it is very interesting because Lord Chaitanya has not taken initiation from Madhavinda Puri. Madhavinda Puri was the most prominent spiritual master in that era. He was the Acharya, 
that for the first time uh, manifested this ecstatic love of God and and he was was just uh, the predominant personality of the time. Then Ishwara Puri, um, his particular uh, glory is that he is known to be the dedicated servant of his spiritual master. And that in his final days, when Madhavinda Puri was physically invalid, that uh, Ishwara Puri was taking care of him and sometimes Sometimes Madhavanda Puri could not control his motions and and uh, Ishwara Puri was just cleaning that up and was uh, just totally dedicated in service to his spiritual master. And, uh, and he became the spiritual master of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not He's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He could have made any arrangement and he could have obviously uh, been a disciple of Madhavinda Puri. But we see that he is the disciple of the servant of Madhavinda Puri. And in this way, highlighting that position of a servant. So that's an interesting, noteworthy point. In the uh, first chapter of the uh, uh, Adi Lila, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami begins by offering obeisances, and he offers obeisances to um, various personalities, and then he offers obeisances to his guru. Mm-hmm. I'll quickly uh, open it up now. Um, yes, one moment. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila 1. And here we go. Uh-huh. Yeah, it will take me a moment because. Um, it uh, had no time to prepare this, so I have to tolerate. Huh? Mm-hmm. Begins to explain these verses, and then Okay, here goes. Mantra Guru or Yata Siksha Guru Gan Tar Charan Agi Karyaganda. I first offer my respectful obeisance at the lotus feet of my initiating spiritual master and all my instructing spiritual masters. Si Sanatan Goswami, Si Bhatta Raghunath, Si Jiva Goswami, Si Gopabhata Goswami, and Si Raghunath Das Goswami. These Six are my instructing spiritual masters, and therefore I offer 
millions of respectful businesses onto their lotus feet. And, and Prabhupada points out the importance of that, of the six Goswamis as the instructing spiritual master, by purport, by accepting the six Goswamis as his instructing spiritual masters, the author specifically makes it clear that one should not be recognized as a Gaudiya Vaishnava if he's not obedient to them. So that is a very important principle. Then there are innumerable devotees of the Lord of whom Srivas is the Thakur is the foremost. I offer my respectful obeisances thousands of time into their lotus feet. Advaita Charya is the Lord's uh, partial incarnation, and therefore I offer my obeisances millions of time at his lotus feet. Sila Nichananda Ram is the plenary manifestation of the Lord, and I have been initiated by him. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto his lotus feet. Now, in the, in the Bengali, it says, Nityananda Rai Prabhur Swarupakash Tarapada Patmavandu Yara Munidas. Mm. So, Srila uh, Prabhupada gives that, that particular Tarapada Patmavandu. Um, I am worshipping his lotus feet, it says. And now, where it's about Nietzsche, about Advaita Chai, it says, Tara Padma, Tara Pada Padma Koti Pranati Amar. I'm offering to his lotus feet uh, 10 million respectful obeisances from my side. Arapada Padma Vandu Yara Munidas. And the Prabhupada says, Srila Nichananda Ram is the plenary manifestation of the Lord, and I've been initiated by him. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto his lotus feet. And it's a point of interest because oftentimes Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami is considered to be the disciple of Raghunath Das Goswami. Raghunath Das came to Vrindavan uh, after the, the disappearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after the disappearance of Sarup Damodar Goswami. And it is said that he settled in Vrindavan at that time. And he settled at Radhakund. And then, uh, then that whole excavation of Radhakund also came there. And it said, and, and Raghuna does instructed Krishna does in so many ways. So the relationship between Raghuna does and uh, and Krishna does Kaviraj is is not only a vague uh, relationship; it is a very uh, very established and and uh, well documented relationship with uh, so many interactions and this and that, and it is. Raghunath Das, who provided Krishna Das with the knowledge of the later pastimes of, um, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Raghunath Das is crucial. Anyway, so some are saying Raghunath Das is the spiritual master. But Srila Prabhupada says here, I have been initiated by him. Um, this is interesting. In, 
we find in uh, in Jamatpur, uh, in the place, the, the birthplace of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, there is also a little shrine with a stone, which also, with an inscription, which also recognizes um, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami as a disciple of Nichananda. Um, we have no account. We have no account of uh, of an initiation or anything like that. Um, the only thing we could possibly um, think of in that regard is that the uh, that there was a very significant time in the in the life of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. I'm just trying to open the verse. Uh-huh. That is not working so well. Again, I was busy and I didn't prepare so well. And then I cannot find the quotes. Um, okay, let's do it now. Anyway, I am going to just do it from memory. That's what happens when I don't prepare my, uh, my apologies. Um, so basically, um, Krishna does Kaviraj Goswami, while in Jamatpur, um, had a dream. And in this dream, he had an experience, a darshan of Lord Nichananda. Now he saw Lord Nichananda, he saw him like his, his eyes were like rolling in his head. He was chewing betel nut. His limbs were all moving just like an elephant. And Lord Nichananda was in an intoxicated state of, of love of God. And with a deep voice, he was chanting, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And, and a group of cowherd boys were also chanting, Krishna, Krishna, and, and, and encircling his lotus feet. And in this way, Lord Nichananda holding a red iron stick um, was in a deep transcendental mood. And he instructed Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Well, first of all, when Krishnadas saw Lord Nichananda, 
he became overwhelmed. He fell on the ground and offered his pure obeisances. And Lord Nichananda just personally uh, picked him up and instructed him to go to Vindal. And said, and there you will attain all things. And it said, and I left at that very moment, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says. Now, that dream is a life-changing experience. It was a totally overwhelming, life-changing experience. And uh, something that uh, Lord Nichananda had instructed him. And we see that Krishna does caveats his reaction. is not just um, a common reaction. It's not just like, uh, listen, what happened to me last night? You know, it's an amazing dream, dream about Nichananda. No, it was a totally overwhelming experience. And Krishna does was beyond himself. Krishna does was just showing symptoms of ecstasy. And, and Krishna does, the way he took that dream, it was a life-changing experience. So one could uh, call that experience possibly an initiation. It's if there would be anything like that, uh, like an initiation, that seems to be uh, the moment. Anyway, so we had that statement of Srila Prabhupada. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, in general, uh, we see that in the uh, at the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, initiation was not at all a very formal thing. Mm. We're seeing how he comes to Ramakali and meets the two brothers, Rupa and Sanatan, and that he uh, he changes their names. Uh, uh, their names were Dabirkas and Sakar Malik, Dabirkas, Rupa Goswami, private secretary, Sakar Malik, the treasurer. Um, these two brothers, um, were given the names by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of Rupa and Sanatan. And that is sometimes counted as the initiation of Rupa and Sanatan and that they were the direct disciples of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, otherwise, one could say uh, some connection has been found between uh, um, Sanatana Goswami and Vichyavachaspati and that there is some and then that Rupa counts as the disciple of Sanatan. So all these kind of relationships are also there. Um, Siksha relationships, Diksha relationships. It's all not so uh, it's, it's not so clearly defined. Um, Initiation nowhere as formal as it was made later on. It is especially Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur who made initiation very formal. He made initiation, he really established the distinction uh, 
of of having the uh, of formalizing uh, the Pancharatriki uh, in Shastra and start giving the Brahmin thread uh, to those who were initiated. Whereas uh, the in the Goswami line, um, those they were basically taking Babaji initiation and giving up the uh, the Brahmin thread. Hmm. So from the time of the six Goswamis, um, we see that whole spirit of just giving up all the external giving up all the external attributes such as a Brahmin thread and all these things that's now gone now there's nothing else but only service to the um, to, to please the senses of the Lord that is all that is there so uh, whatever may be Srila Bhakti Siddhanta for him it was important because he wanted to establish that people, irregardless from whatever their position of their birth was, so without consideration of caste and creed, that they could be uplifted by the process of devotional service and through the Pancharatric process. Uh, Pancharatric process means it comes down from the Narada Pancharatra, Pancharatra literature, um, and some others. Um, is basically giving us Tantra, Vaisnav Tantra. Tantra is then ritualistic behavior, which the Vaisnavs followed that were favorable for bhakti, for cultivating devotional service. So it is said that uh, according to those rules, uh, the uh, followers would be, ah, would be uh, initiated in uh, in a Brahminical initiation, and that's still going on um, today. Uh, we don't see all that going on before that, uh, and certainly at the time of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami and uh, Srupa Damada Goswami, uh, the, uh, all these things were, were, were so formalized. Uh, just for our information. Um, okay, I just, uh, in the course, as I was looking for the uh, connection with Nichananda and uh, Krishna Skaviraj, and I typed in some words, and now I come across the Bhakti Ratnakar. And so, After rising in the morning, as the sannyasi was remembering the dream, Nichananda Prabhu appeared before him, seeing the luster of Nichananda. Lakshmi Pati considered what a wonderful bodily effulgence. He cannot be a human being. Thinking like this, the learned sannyasi looked on Lord Nichananda's beautiful face with unblinking eyes. Falling on the ground, Nichananda offered his obeisances to the sannyasi, who quickly picked up the Lord, took him on his lap. Nichananda said to Lakshmi Pati again and again, Please initiate me and deliver me. Hearing Nichananda's sweet words, the sannyasi was agitated and began to float in his own tears, unable to disobey the order of Lord Balaram. Lakshmi Pati on that very day gave initiation to Lord Nichananda. 
After giving him the mantra, the sannyasi took the Lord on his lap and became overwhelmed. His body trembled in ecstasy. The most merciful Lord Nichananda is very dear to Lakshmi Pati. What is there he cannot do? He is himself the fully independent Supreme Lord. In this way, Lord Nichananda, the reservoir of love and well-wisher of the devotees, increased the ecstasy of the whole Madhva Sampradaya. By, me, by becoming a disciple of Sri Lakshmi Pati, Lord Nichananda increased the ecstasy of his guru. Very soon after this, Lord Nichananda went to another place. Others are unable to understand the Lord's pastime. Being bereft of Nichananda's association, that sannyasi became greatly agitated. Without speaking to anyone, he thought deeply to himself. Hmm. At night, as night was ending, Lakshmi Pati fell asleep. In a dream, Lord Nichananda appeared before him. Seeing the Lord, the most sober Lakshmi Pati could not check his tears. Then Nichananda manifested his form of Lord Balram before Lakshmi Pati. Seeing this, the sannyasi fell at his feet. Wet with his tears, the sannyasi said again and again, You've incarnated just to bewilder me. Lord Brahma does not know you, and others cannot know you. Only those whom you desire can know you. Why are you tricking me? I'm a most insignificant insect, a fool. Please uh, show mercy on me, for I'm surrendered unto you. Anyway, so it, it carries on. And um, so here then the initiation is described um, of Lord Nichananda by Lakshmi Pati. Um, yes, so matters of initiation is what I'm talking about. And let me see what else I can uh, can think of. Um, the other day, I spoke about uh, a little bit after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, we get first um, the next generation really <clears throat> is Naratam and Srinivas. And... Uh, and subsequently, um, we find that a next generation that is mentioned is a generation um, of Vishwanath and Baladev Vijabhusan, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is uh, supposed, is mentioned as the spiritual master of Baladev Vijabhusan. Now, apparently there's not a lot of evidence to that effect um, that there was even, uh, that there was an initiation or that there was um, even an, an active personal relationship between them. Rather, it was, it's, it's considered that um, Vishwanath was invited to go to Jaipur to to deal with the situation regarding uh, <clears throat> the Ramanandi Brahmanas objecting to the worship of Radha Govinda. And he was supposed to go there to defend the Kodia position, but because he was not able to, then Baladevi Jabhusan was asked. And then he went as a representative of the Kodias. And, uh, <clears throat> and he was, of course, the perfect person because he was both and we discussed all that right but so therefore he counts as the next Acharya huh? um, 
Srilad Bhakti Raksak Sridhar Maharaj, Prabhupada's godbrother, disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, is speaking about his spiritual master and how his spiritual master has delineated the Sampradaya. I mentioned it in an earlier lecture that the Sampradaya has, after and up to Chaitanya, from Madhva up to Chaitanya and on from Chaitanya, has been given three times in history. The first time by uh, Kavi Karnapur in 1572. And uh, so that is a uh, the earliest... Uh, earliest uh, rendition of the Sampradaya in Goragana is Deepika. Then it is done again uh, by Baladevi Jabusan uh, in the 17th century. And uh, he is Hare Krishna. Oh, sorry. He is writing uh, the Pramaya Ratnavali, which we also discussed the other day. And there, again, listing the uh, Sampradaya. So there are some names added now. Then it is done again by Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, who adds, naturally, more names. Then Bhakti Raksak Maharaj says, and the way that that's done, he said, it is just like wherever the light of Lord Chaitanya was present, that is where the Sampradaya was chased. He refers to it like a zigzag Sampradaya. Uh, that is just here and there, just going from whoever was the representative. And in this way, between Vishwanath and, and, uh, and Baladev, um, these, these things were not... Uh, the relationship was not very defined. Mm. Um, there are uh, Bengali Vaishnavas who are in disagreement with this, with the Chaitanya Saraswat Sampradaya, with the Sampradaya coming through Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, and who have their own uh, Sampradayas and claim that uh, the Sampradaya claimed by Bhaktisdanta is not at all bona fide. There is a book written on in this regard by uh, Nashinga Maharaj um, called Bhakti Gaurav Nashinga Maharaj um, called the uh, Authorized Chaitanya Saraswat Sampradaya. And it uh, is an interesting book because it uh, it asserts the authority of, uh, of this Sampradaya which Srila Bhakti Siddhanta established. Anyway, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar his comment on it is, as I said, it's a zigzag sampradaya, and sometimes the relationships are not so defined. But wherever the uh, light of Lord Chaitanya was present, that is where the sampradaya uh, came down. Um, so although sampradaya is, is a very essential um, element in claiming authority uh, at the same time, somehow or other, uh, the way that these connections were established was sometimes a little bit 
informal. Mm. The um, and that creates some some disputes with other Vaishnavas, but uh, we are not uh, not taking that uh, very serious. I mean, we see the extraordinary uh, light, uh, the extraordinary potency manifest in Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and Srila Prabhupada. We see these three extremely powerful acharyas and we see that they are very formative for the Sampradaya uh, in the modern era and how we look upon um, the, uh, the tradition through the lens that they provided us. So, excuse me. Um, Madhavan the Puri is it's established as a very important personality. And anyone who was uh, had a connection with Madhavan the Puri is very prominent. And uh, we see that uh, it is described by uh, Murari Guptin's Kadacha that especially uh, before the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the disciples of Madhavan the Puri, they were the ones who were uh, holding the fort, so to speak, who were the representatives. Uh, the light of Krishna Prem was, was emanating through them. Um, currently, matters of initiation are very, very uh, formalized. And of course, that is also very important because we don't have that level of commitment. When Krishna Daskaviris Goswami was dreaming of Lord Nichananda and received an instruction, then that instruction became his, his life and soul. Uh, that became the Sidumani, the jewel that he carried on his head. And if we could, could be a disciple and carry the order of Guru like a ceremony, like a jewel on our head. Whatever we receive from Guru, if we could receive that as a great treasure, and then take that great treasure and just, uh, just make the best of it, uh, then we would be uh, duly, yeah, then we would be advanced disciples. Uh, for us, it is more difficult, and therefore, more and more formality also makes sense. Uh, just like we, uh, Srila Prabhupada, uh, added some formality beyond what his spiritual master did at the time of initiation. He established that the disciples should vow a, a minimum number of 16 rounds and pronounce that publicly before the Lord, before the Vaishnavas, and that uh, he would pronounce the four regulative principles that it follow, a promise to follow, and that this, in this way the disciple 
uh, would formally speak the vows. So that was not the case before. Um, that was uh, that was something that Srila Prabhupada added, just so that there's no room for our mind to kind of water down any standards. Um, so that is that is uh, important. Whereas when we deal with these great acharyas, these personalities, then we're dealing with like uh, um, personalities who are going through deep life-changing experiences, go through deep, deep experiences of um, of uh, of devotional ecstasies. Yeah, and then when we go to Nichananda and whether Nichananda was initiated by uh, Lakshmi Patitirta, uh, as Bhakti Ratnikar says, or as others say by Madhavindapuri, uh, whatever might be, right, is not so important because it's external anyway. It's like Nichananda obviously is not dependent on such initiation. He is Adi Guru, he is the original spiritual master. He is uh, the Sampradaya Guru. He is basically the Guru of all. He is, is Lord Balaram. He is the first servant of the Lord. Uh, and he serves the Lord in any possible way. So his taking initiation is something like, uh, is, is, is like Krishna taking initiation. When Krishna took initiation from Sandipani Muni, then it is said that um, from the ocean of transcendental knowledge, which was Krishna, a cloud of that transcendental knowledge emerged, and that cloud drifted through the sky and became deposited on the mountain of Sandipani Muni. And then in the form of rivers, from the rain, that cloud rained down on the mountain and then the form of rivers from that mountain, the, the knowledge came down. So anyway, whenever the Supreme Lord is initiated, the knowledge is actually emanating from him anyway. Dharmam to Saksat Bhagavat Punitam. So these things are external, yes. Mm. So we're not gonna gonna argue too much this way, that way, who was initiated by who. Um, when Prabhupada is describing that there is a line of uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sarup Damodar Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Raghunadas Goswami, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, uh, uh, then we take it that now we're dealing with the uh, internal. Uh, identities and that we discussed the other day, Lord Chaitanya being Krishna and being Radha in Krishna. Then Sarup Damodar being Lalita, the personal servant uh, of Srimati Radharani, and the, the first and foremost of the Astasakis, assisted by her attendant Rupa Manjari, who is none other than Rupa Goswami, and then uh, Raghunath Das Goswami is supposed to be Rati Manjari, and then uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami is 
Kasturi Manjari, and like that we see then uh, the line of disciplic succession is traced by the eternal relationships uh, that exist there. So we see some, uh, some different consideration at times about these matters of, uh, of initiation. Um, initiation is described in the relationship when Devaki is conceiving um, through, of, of, of Krishna through, through Vasudeva. And it said this is done through the process of, of Diksha, where from the pure consciousness, the Visuddha Sattva, the consciousness in pure goodness of Vasudeva, that consciousness was transferred to Devaki. And that then uh, from the pure consciousness that she had, the Lord manifested within her womb, right? An, an, an immaculate conception, in other words. And, uh, well, um, through a process which is described as diksha. So their diksha is referring to this transferring of... Uh, of knowledge from, from consciousness to consciousness, and that from the pure consciousness of, of, the, of the spiritual master, that consciousness is transferred to the consciousness of, of the disciple. And that that is the, uh, the whole essence of, of, of Diksha. So that is nice. Um, the tra uh, and that's what it would mean, transferring Divya Jnana. Then Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes how the whole disciplic succession works and how from and how Guru passes on this uh, enlightenment to his disciple, who then um, also uh, becomes touched by this, this fire of bhakti. And that when the fire of bhakti properly starts to become inflamed in the disciple, that then the disciple totally realizes that bhakti, and then the disciple becomes a spiritual master, who then can pass on this uh, transcendental knowledge. So each time the transcendental knowledge moves from one link in the Sampradaya to the next, that it is received, that it is taken to heart, that it is then uh, put into practice, that it is realized, and that then transcendental symptoms of ecstatic love begin to manifest, and then it has uh, fully manifest, and then we have the next link in the parampara, and where that same knowledge is carried forward. So each time, as it passes on from one link to the other, the new link, the receiving link, lights up, you know, lights up with realized Krishna Prem. Uh, that is, is, is all um, very nice. So yes, uh, we are interested in the uh, internal aspect of initiation, more so than the external. Uh, more so than the ritualistic performance, this one 
gave to that, how did he do, um, how, how was it performed. Um, we are into the internal transformation that is the result of it by the commitment, right? By the commitment of, of both, of guru and disciple. And the commitment of the disciple is to, um, to take whatever guru says as siromani, as a jewel on the head, or as take it to heart with great importance and cannot just dismiss anything the spiritual master says and desires. Um, sometimes it's not even what the spiritual master says. Sometimes it's, it's what the spiritual master desires. Of course, it takes an advanced disciple to understand what the spiritual master desires, or it takes the spiritual master to explicitly make it clear what his desire is. Mm. But the point is, um, this discipleship is a, is a heartfelt thing, is something deeply, deep commitment in the heart, deep embracing in the heart. Uh, as, as here I've received a great gift of mercy of the, of the greatest importance. And now somehow or other, let me make something of this. Whatever it is, Swarka Pivarta Narakesu Apitulyata Darsinaha, whether sent to heaven, whether sent to hell, that has nothing to do with it. One remains in an Tulyata, uh, in an in a balanced state of mind. Uh, it's taken equal. That doesn't matter. The uh, real point of the relationship between the guru and disciple is then the matter of the heart, the commitment from the heart, the faithful uh, acting upon the instructions received by the spiritual master, who speaks uh, from, from scripture, who lives by the scripture, who teaches the scripture, and who has realized the scripture. And in this way is the personification of the scripture the book Bhagavat and the person Bhagavat. And in this way, the spiritual master is the bona fide representative, uh, the carrier of that um, transcendental knowledge uh, with full realization and therefore with full, full potency. And then there is a mystical aspect. And the mystical aspect is that Krishna enters into the relationship between guru and disciple. Uh, Krishna is, is also present because Krishna, he receives the offering of the, of the disciple uh, through the spiritual master. And Krishna is, uh, is revealing his instruction to the spiritual master. Therefore, Krishna says, Patram Fusvam Palam Toyam Yomi Bhakti Priyatsiti, offer me a flower, a leaf, a fruit, some water. Huh? But if the spiritual master tells us, uh, offer, offer milk, right? Then we will offer milk. And then it's no longer, well, we can offer 
uh, what can we offer to Krishna? You can offer some juice, you can offer some water, some herbal tea, so many things we can offer to Krishna. No, if spiritual master said milk, then that's what it is. In this way, in the uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami says that one should become like Kainkarya, one should become like the personal attendant of the spiritual master. Uh, no longer just serving Krishna and looking, well, what is bona fide in devotional service according to scripture? No, now a step further as a disciple is that whatever the spiritual master particularly desires and highlights, right? That's it. That's it. That's why we see that it is described that in the entire universe, uh, the highest, the highest place is Vrindavan Dham, uh, or Sridamayapur, which is non-different, is the Holy Dham. But it is said that higher still, higher still than the Holy Dham is one place. And that place is the Prabhudhata Desh. Um, that is the, the place that we are assigned by the spiritual master, or that place given by the spiritual master. And that's we have to, um, to take, right? that we have to take that service um, deeply in, in our heart. And um, that is something where, um, when, wherever, wherever our spiritual master desires us to serve, there we serve. Um, there we serve. That is the holiest place. That is the most worshipable to us. Anyway, so these are some some uh, matters of initiation, which uh, I have uh, discussed with you today. Um, I mentioned the other day, C.C. Madhya 15.108 is speaking about how initiation is, uh, is not required, that everything depends on the chanting of the Holy Name. But then there are so many quotes from Jiva Goswami and other Acharyas about the need to take initiation. Okay, I am, uh, there's more in the CC about initiation, but I'm not gonna try and cover all that in this lecture. Uh, I might later on though, as I'm transcribing these lectures and editing them and, and going to work with it for a book. In the book, I will uh, add more examples and, uh, and in that way, I hope to uh, offer uh, you then a more complete uh, insight. Meanwhile, now let us ask for some questions from your side. So let us see what you can come up with. What to do for quick transfer consciousness from Guru to disciple? For example, from Narada Muni to Dhruva, it was very fast without personal service. Hmm. Well, it all depends on, on how quick this happens on the commitment of the disciple. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Druva had one very good quality, and that was he was extremely committed um, to whatever he wanted to achieve, um, and that he could do with extraordinary willpower. And so when Druva was insulted by his father and so on, and uh, was not allowed to sit on the lap of his father because he was born from the not not the favorite queen. Uh, then Druva felt so offended uh, that he wanted he wanted to set it right, and uh, and he went to his mother, and his mother basically said that there's nothing she could do, that it was true that she was not the favorite of the king. Well, Juva wasn't satisfied with that. So then the next thing was that, um, but she told Juva one thing, that the Supreme Personality of God is the only one who can help you. All right, all right, then I'll go the hair. Because he was not relenting. And then Juva went to the, to the forest, right? Because she said, uh, he said, where can, can he be found? In the forest. His mother sent him to the forest. And then when Narada saw all that, then Narada saw here is someone with extraordinary qualifications. Narada then instructed Druva, right? And he gave Druva a sadhana. And the sadhana was, he gave him the mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. He gave him uh, a process of yoga. And through that process, controlling uh, the breathing, pranayama and all that, and he told him to make a deity of clay and worship that deity. So then Druva faithfully followed that sadhana. And by faithfully following that sadhana, he became more and more advanced. So Druva also, although he's extremely determined, and that was his good quality, he also went through a process of executing the order of his spiritual master. So Druva also received the transcendental knowledge, then took it to heart, then lived accordingly and served the Lord according to these instructions. And then these instructions began to flourish and bloom in his heart and became, and Druva came to an enlightened stage. And once Druva came back from the forest, it, it as Druva returns home, that's just amazing. I mean, his, his father, everyone is coming out. Um, even, even his stepmother who had, had uh, treated him so harshly now melted upon seeing the boy because of two reasons. One, she felt guilty for everything that happened and it was a big family drama. Mm. Husband was very disturbed by the whole situation. But now she also could see that he had become a, a self-realized soul. He was emanating that uh, the, the effulgence was there. It had genuinely, real, he had genuinely realized the instructions of Narada within his heart. Now that he was in another yuga and that he had extraordinary uh, centers of determination, that we know he could uh, do this kind of yoga, which is impossible for us. Okay, any other? 
Um, Hare Krishna, you say the order of our spiritual master, does it refer only to the Diksha Guru? Uh, no, not only to the Diksha Guru, but um, we have particularly committed to our Diksha Guru after he was already our Siksha Guru. We had heard from him, we had developed faith in his instructions, and then, uh, and then we, we requested him for Diksha, and then Diksha was given. Um, and generally speaking, it is said in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the principal instructing spiritual master becomes the Diksha Guru. And then after, continues to also act as a instructing spiritual master simultaneously. So it is rare that the Diksha Guru stops giving instructions. Now in the Vedic culture, um, it was a different time. I mean, people, the spiritual master would give Diksha and might have been traveling and may have moved on and one might have never seen one's Diksha Guru again. Hmm? Or one might later come across a very great Vaishnava who would become like a predominant Siksha Guru. Um, as it is, our Diksha Gurus um, now are in regular contact with their disciples and are not only acting as initiating spiritual masters, but also as instructing spiritual masters. And they continue to instruct their disciples. So then, generally speaking, that becomes the prominent, prominent relationship in our life. Although there are exceptions, spiritual master or another great Vaishnava, and with the blessings of his Diksha Guru takes, um, takes more instruction there, that also happens. And these things are fine. Huh? And, and naturally, we have many senior Vaishnavas who are instructing us and we're learning from all of them. Uh, still, uh, the, the relationship with the Diksha Guru is formalized and one must take that relationship as absolute. Um, whereas with Siksha Gurus, we may find two types of Siksha Gurus. We may find the... Uh, very advanced Siksha Guru who is, uh, is, is on par, who is a liberated soul, who is giving us uh, most important instruction of scripture. And, uh, and therefore such instructions, they carry great weight. Or we may receive instructions from uh, the more general community of Vaishnavas and from devotees with seniority who give us good advice and such instructions are also taken to heart but yet may be given less importance than the instructions we receive from our principal spiritual teachers. All these things are, are obvious and based on common sense. Okay, let's see what... I know real good devotees that do not want to take initiation. 
I read in the Cyber Course that this is very dangerous. Why? Well, <clears throat> um, let's begin at the beginning. At the time of when Srila Prabhupada was present, right, all kinds of people were eager to take initiation. Oh. And uh, because Prabhupada was emanating this uh, amazing uh, transcendental quality and he created so much faith that everyone was just feeling, I must somehow or other uh, get this initiation, otherwise I miss out. Um, then what happened is that the succession started to happen. And the succession from Prabhupada to the next generation was a little bit uh, shaky. Not so surprising because, um, think about it, Prabhupada was 81 years old when he left his, uh, he left this world. And the next generation of successors, they were uh, early 30s. And the youngest was, uh, if it was the youngest, I think the youngest was 28 years old. So think about that. Um, and these new gurus, they suddenly uh, had to take all the responsibility at a very young age. Uh, now, uh, now we, many of us may think 21, 20, 28 years is very young to, uh, to take such a great responsibility. Um, so the gap between Prabhupada and his successors was very great. And although in the association of Prabhupada, they had been uplifted to a transcendental platform, um, they, they still lacked a lot of maturity. So therefore, uh, they found it difficult to deal with all the following, with all the worship, with all these things, and to maintain personal integrity. And eventually, uh, by the mid 80s, um, from early 80s to mid 80s, um, some of them were getting uh, more and more difficulties. So within the 10 years from 77 to 87, uh, many of them, of the successors of Prabhupada, found a great difficulty in fulfilling the role of a guru um, in conducting themselves in the position as a guru in a realistic way, and yet being a, a representative of, uh, of the parampara. See, they thought, well, this is a line of disciplic succession. If this, this line of disciplic succession is based on pure devotional service, um, and which is carried on from generation to generation. So if Prabhupada uh, suggested that we would be gurus, then uh, then we must be pure devotees. Um, uh, so too much external, too much about rubber stamping, and not enough about internal commitment, internal growth, internal uh, internal realization. Yes, so that created uh, problems. Then as a result, there was a breakdown of faith, which reverberated to the whole community of devotees. 
And so then that carried forward into modern times where people now may be hesitating, well, I don't know, um, this one, that one, uh, I don't know, this one has that, that one has that, no, I don't know, I can't find a guru, I can't find a guru, I can't find a guru. Um, Of course, you know, one can make the analogy, you know, I can't find a doctor, I can't find a doctor. But please go to the doctor, you have a serious disease. I know, I know, I, I want to go to a doctor, but I can't find a doctor, I can't find a doctor, because I just don't know if they are qualified. Okay, 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 but I mean, you, you, you look like you really need some treatment. I mean, why don't you go to um, the, the, the nearest doctor, because it really it looks like you could, a doctor would really help you. No, 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 I don't know uh, what doctor I can trust. So, you know, at one point, one has to go to a doctor. And we have to understand that while we as candidate disciples are, are having, may have so much doubt about the qualification of the guru and his purity, uh, what about us? We are in a difficult predicament. We are in the material world and we're stuck in the material world. And if we're not not careful, uh, you know, we're going to stay here. Life after life, we've been in the material world. Now we should take all the help we can get to get out of the material world. Therefore, let us take initiation and let us go forward because let us do all we can to to get out of the material world. Um, And let us not forget what I said before, that there is Guru, the qualification of the Guru, and the mercy of Guru comes down. There's the surrender of the disciple, and that goes up. So it is a connection made with two strands, one coming down and one going up and connecting right, spiritual master, and then the third factor is Krishna enters, Krishna enters into this relationship, and therefore it will work, and we should enter into it with full faith and trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there anything else? Uh, uh, why Bali Maharaj can I elaborate why Bali Maharaj rejected the instructions of his guru because <clears throat> Bali Maharaj's guru was a Kula guru was a spiritual master who initiated his family members Sukracharya was the guru of the Daichas of the demons and he had also initiated Hiranyakasipu, by the way. Sukra Acharya was, uh, was the uh, uh, spiritual master of Bali Maharaj, but Sukra Acharya had become compromised, and Sukra Acharya was no longer speaking from the absolute truth. Uh, and we see that Bali Maharaj rejected him. Well, later on, after the whole pastimes is over, there's a discussion between um, the Lord and Sukracharya, and said, and there the Lord says, Sukracharya, 
um, when you instructed Bali Maharaj not to surrender, huh, on uh, based on what scripture did you do so? And because I cannot see any scriptural basis for for what you said. And Sukracharya was like, um, well, yeah, uh, uh, yes, uh, well, that is true. He admitted it. And then the matter was settled. Sukracharya was again uh, reinstated because that was his duty. So Sukracharya then deviated from, from following the scripture. Yes, so you know, if we want, if a guru, that's a fold down. If the guru philosophically deviates or has a central fold down, yeah, then is a fold down. Then we have the example how he, and if that is irreversible, then he may be given up. But that, uh, but not straight away. One, uh, yeah, in this case, it was straight away because he gave instructions directly opposed to surrendering to the Supreme Lord, and the Supreme Lord was there and wanted surrender. So Bali Maharaj rejected him. Anyway, that's the rejection thing, which uh, hopefully will not be required. Um, uh, we pray both should be careful. The spiritual master should be careful to remain the servant of his spiritual master, to remain faithful to the Parampara teachings to remain a faithful representative of scripture. Um, he has to secure uh, and anchor himself in Sabdapari Chanisra Natam Brahmani Upasamasratam. He has to uh, anchor himself deeply in hearing transcendental knowledge so that he becomes, that he remains. Uh, a living representative of scripture, of the disciplic succession of, uh, of Krishna, and that his service is, uh, is anyabhilasita sunyam jnana karmadi anavritam anakulyena krishna nushilanam, that is favorable towards Krishna. And so Sukracharya was no longer Anukulyayana Krishna. No, he was no longer favorable to his Krishna. So, spiritual master has also many duties. The disciples has duties, and the spiritual master has duties. Like my spiritual master once told me, uh, he said, there's no limit to what the disciple can shoot offer in service to the spiritual master. Uh, and his answer was, to that point, was, yes, the disciple has the duty to offer everything to the spiritual master. And the spiritual master has the duty to refuse. Just as we're seeing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was a sannyasi, Jagadananda Pandit, wanted to offer him a nice mattress. Um, he wanted to offer him nice scented massage oil. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu refused. He said, no, I cannot accept these items. Jagdananda became very upset because he was, it was an offering of his pure bhakti and he was seeing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Lord. He's not at all limited by this sannyas dharma. So 
he should not refuse this. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was strict. He upheld the sannyas dharma, and the sannyasi is the spiritual master of all the ashrams. So in the same way, the spiritual master has his prescribed duties, which he has to adhere to, right? And very carefully take shelter, as the disciple has prescribed duty that they have to adhere to. Our time is gone. I thank you uh, for being with us today. And I hope to uh, um, I hope to see you again and again here in these uh, discussions on uh, on on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on his life, on his teachings, on his sampradaya, on the background of the of the circumstances surrounding the sampradaya, and uh, and so on. And I hope that so far you find it interesting and that you'll stay with me to see what more, uh, what other avenues we can, uh, we can, uh, can enter and explore. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Yeah.